Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market. And cue talent. Hello, and welcome to This Week in Production, the podcast. I'm your host, Art Aldridge, and today I am celebrating a successful deployment of my remote capture kit. And before we get into this week's episode, I want to give a shout out to two of my guys who have birthdays this week, Mr. Lou Lita and Mr. Tom Chartrand. Happy birthday, gentlemen, from This Week in Production. Before I get to this week's topic... I want to encourage you to send me your comments and feedback. Please email thisweekinproduction at gmail.com or call me on my Google voicemail. I'm not going to answer, but it's it's a voicemail box that you can leave a message. 601-564-TWIP, T-W-I-P, 601-564-TWIP. 8947. Like I said, I'd love to hear from you comments, suggestions, good, bad, or whatever. You want to yell at me? You want to tell me I suck? Please, I welcome it. Okay, let's get back to this week's topic. You've heard me detail my toils for the past two episodes on my remote capture kit. I've been working on this on and off for the better part of two months. The wrinkle that was introduced to me a couple weeks ago was the need for a teleprompter. And last week, I was frantic to get the kits out the door to the end user. Well, today was the culmination of that struggle. We have successfully completed a remote capture shoot with a prompter. And I got to say, it worked like a champ. Let me catch you up to what has transpired in the past week. I was busy trying to get bits and pieces together to put the kit out. That including things like spraying the pick and pluck foam in the cases so that the gear would have a proper home. Finding the right adapters and bits, Y connectors, things that in a normal economy would not be such an issue. But in the COVID economy, uh, some parts just become elusive. Let's take something as simple as audio. So I'm using an iPhone SE as my main camera. The iPhone SE only has a lightning port. I had an adapter that I had used in revision one of the kit with a shotgun mic. I thought I was clever using a USB to lightning adapter and then putting a USB audio interface into the adapter to split out my shotgun mic and my headphones. Well, after some testing, I realized that that adapter was not passing the shotgun microphone to the adapter. Why? It wasn't obvious to me initially, but the the shotgun microphone initially shipped with a tip ring ring sleeve connector, which would normally go straight into an iPhone. Except in this adapter, The adapter didn't understand tip, ring, ring, sleeve. It only understood tip, ring, sleeve. So I was not actually getting the shotgun mic into the phone. It was taking the microphone right off the phone. So that was a fail that I only realized after the extensive testing I did to get the kits out the door. 
So I had to, at the last minute, find a new splitter to go from the lightning to headphone adapter that Apple sells and then split that out into two separate connections for the microphone and the headphones. Amazon had several that were available and they were fairly inexpensive, $6.99, but they weren't going to arrive before I had to ship the kit. B&H had a solution that was available for in-store pickup. Not everything is available in-store, just FYI. But this part was, it was made by the company that makes the Padcaster, and they had it for $29. Same splitter. So I had a buck up and uh, sent someone in to get two of them, and I was able to complete the kit. As I was documenting the steps to build and set up this kit for the non-technical users, the whole concept behind these kits was that it was easy enough for an end user to set up and get connected. And I tried to take that to heart in every aspect of the kit, from the parts needed to assemble it, to the weight of the kit, and, and again, documentation. Simple, clear, step-by-step instructions. Very time-consuming. This whole kit only works if the phone's camera, which is in the upper ear portion of the phone, if that lens is centered in the tablet. That's the only way that this teleprompter kit is going to work. Otherwise, your eye line is wrong. And what I had proposed in the kit initially was a, a pipe clamp with the ability to put a quarter 20 magic arm on it. And then the magic arm would let you position the camera, the phone, in front of the tablet in the lower half and be supported by the magic arm. And then you'd have the teleprompter running behind it. And after trying to document the steps needed to set this clamp up, I just decided it was too hard. It was going to be too many variables, too many points of failure for someone who's not familiar with setting these things up, including the fact that they might not have a wrench that might be needed to tighten it if they got it into a position that it shouldn't have been. So I scrapped the clamp and the arm and started looking for a simple way to hold the phone in essentially the lower right-hand corner of the tablet. It would line up with the mount for the tablet on one end, and I needed really to support it on the other end against the tablet. I knew Velcro wasn't going to be good because there's too much give. It would be too hard to get it aligned straight and exact every time. I started thinking about the little tabs that they give you on the Easy Pass or the you know uh, automatic toll uh, gadgets that you put in your car, those are 3M. They call it Dual Lock. I didn't know the name before. I sure know it now. So 3M Dual Lock tape, which are it's like Velcro, but the pins are rigid. So when you push it in, it stays and it doesn't shift. I thought that would be a good solution. Went out and got some dual lock tape at the hardware store, but it does not stick well to the back of the phone. Seems like it works well on glass. Like on the tablet side, it would have stuck to the glass of the tablet, but on the back of the iPhone, it didn't stick. So that was a strike. 
Then I looked around what I had in my office, because again, this is 11th hour. And I thought, hey, maybe this rubber band will work. And I have, you know, a box of rubber bands, take one out. It certainly stretches and holds tight against the tablet. And I tried slipping the phone in on one end, again, being supported on the other side by the bracket. The problem with the rubber band is that it made the camera not level. It pulled it up too much. The rubber band was too tight and it pulled up the device too much and I couldn't really compensate for it being out of level. Then I started looking around some more and I had one of my camera carry-on bags. I have a collection of think tank rollers, love them, and they all have luggage tags on them. And I took one of the clear luggage tags off and I said, maybe this is enough. It's not going to pull because it's not uh, elastic, but maybe it'll be tight enough to hold the phone in there on one end. And wouldn't you know it, that was the winner. I had to start going around to all my luggage and find the, the tags that weren't damaged or thin or, you know, not suitable for this use. So I found basically two because I had to ship out two kits and it was perfect. It was clear. So it didn't obstruct the tablet that much. And I was able to just loop it over the one end, slide the phone into it. And then I just took two pennies and I wrapped them in camera tape, one inch gaffer. And I just made a shim that would sit underneath the phone on the other end and just kind of prop it up. And again, I know this is not the way we would rig it on a shoot, <laughs> but you have to remember that these are people that are not familiar with production and are not familiar with rigging and something that had to be simple and easy for them to do. And it looked like I could document those steps pretty easy. And as long as the pieces were labeled and clear, I felt like they could set that up. So I built the kits, got them all complete, took an extraordinary amount of time to document, photograph every little piece, every step. It wound up to be like a 37-page document because I would put a step or two steps on a page with a photo and, you know, that's time-consuming and it's tedious, but it's critical because that's the make-or-break point. So I did all of that and I gave the kits to my partner in crime on this, Mr. Mike Van, who you might have remembered from the San Francisco travel episode a few weeks back. Anyway, I gave the kits to Mike. I said, pretend like you know nothing go through the instructions, only do what's in the guide, set them up, and let's see how they work. And we set them up, and we tested. The crucial piece was whether the eye line was going to be good. And I got to say, the eye line was pretty good. We had the lens because we offset the phone and the tablet. It wasn't centered. It was offset to the right. The camera lens was essentially in the middle of the teleprompter, which is perfect. It wasn't middle in the uh, height, but it was middle in the width. So it was, as they say, close enough for COVID work. So the kits tested. He had a couple of little things that I missed in the photographs that the language had changed a little bit. So I had to go back, revise the documents, and I shipped them out. 
again, right at the deadline for the cutoff to get them there the next day. So this was Tuesday when I shipped the kits. The kits arrived Wednesday. Today is Thursday, and we just wrapped our first remote capture with the prompter. So I was a little nervous, right? Because you you get the kit and you think you have everything, but you always second guess that I pack everything up. Did I forget anything? Did we miss something that we just overlooked that we assumed and, and it wasn't clear? So I didn't get any calls from the client. At the scheduled time, we fired up the, uh, the system. We had the clients on board. We were waiting for the remote contributor. And then we get a text from the client saying that the remote contributor just called her. She's having some trouble. Oh, boy. Waiting, waiting, waiting now to hear. And again, there were some steps in the instructions about calling the control room, calling me directly if you had problems with setup. Luckily, it wasn't anything serious. She got the whole rig set up by herself. She had... She said she had some issues with the camera falling out of the luggage tag strap. But when we went to shoot, there were no issues with it. So I'm not sure what that was about exactly. But luckily, that wasn't really an issue. The other issue was that she wasn't sure how to connect to us. And again, even though it was in the documentation about joining the the call, as it's called, and the software we're using, the MIMO reporter software, when you're ready to connect to the control room, you hit join call. She didn't understand that part, so she was waiting for us to send her something. I said, no, just hit join call. So that part worked well. You know, we just instructed her to get the headphones out that we included. You know, I put a, a $7 set of headphones in the kit just so in case they didn't have a wired headset available. They could use these, feel like, okay, they're new, no one's touched them, and we'll just throw them away and include a new pack in every kit. So that worked great. She had a little bit of, um, I don't want to sound rude about it, but she had a little bit of an attitude, I guess, when we first started because she maybe felt like it wasn't going to work right. I'm not sure why, but after about the first 30 seconds of seeing how it was going to work. She really became quite happy. She did her take. We checked the local record. That was something that I missed in the setup I used a couple of weeks ago. Fixed that issue where it automatically records now to the device. We checked that. That worked. So let me tell you about the prompter. <laughs> the prompter was a whole nother piece of this scenario. And my initial thought was that through my Mimo Live software, I was going to send a teleprompter feed from the control room into Mimo as a video source. And then in Mimo, I can send that down to the WebRTC client, the tablet, as return video. And that would be the screen behind the phone that they could read. It would basically be uh, a teleprompter on a WebRTC client. The problem was the interface that's built in for the WebRTC client in the Mimo Live has a big graphic and it's a border. And the video, active video window is probably 60% of the screen. So it's, it's masked 
around the sides, like I said, maybe 40%. So it's not a very big window. And then when you put the phone in front of the tablet and you've already reduced the size of the window, there's not a lot of room to see this, the scrolling text from the prompter. We went around the block a couple of times. What's the simplest way that we could get a full screen feed into that tablet? And we came up with two scenarios. One was just generate a feed onto YouTube of the script out of the teleprompter. And I did that with uh, basically two laptops. So I have laptop A running the teleprompter software with a uh, HDMI output from that machine running into a second laptop in my control room with a uh, HDMI capture card, an AJA Uconnect, which is a USB capture for HDMI. And I fed that into another piece of streaming software called Wirecast, because I have a license for that. And then I was gonna send that out to YouTube and stream that and then load up that page on the tablet. And that works, it actually works really well. The uh, concern was that if you were doing something proprietary in terms of the script copy or whatever, the client might not feel great about it being streamed on YouTube, even though it was unlisted and no one would really know it was there. We came up with another solution, not quite as simple, but something we had in our back pocket. And that was a, a Wowza server that we run where we can do streaming. And we ran the, the feed from the laptop of the prompter roll into Wowza. And then we built a, a custom URL player that we could load up on that on the tablet. And as soon as you hit the URL, you could hit play. And then boom, you have a full screen teleprompter. So edge to edge, top to bottom, no frame, no mask. It was perfect. The only negative is that there's about a 10 second latency from the time I hit play on my end until the contributor sees the prompter roll. So we explained that to her. I said, if you need me to adjust the speed, you can tell me that, but just remember, it's not gonna be instantaneous. We'll go back, we'll start it again. We're only gonna roll on your, you know, when you're gonna start kind of thing. So that took a little, a little explaining and it's not the end of the world, but it's, it's the best that we have right now. I tested the latency on YouTube. That was only five seconds using the ultra low latency which may be a solution for some scenarios. Again, we can do it with the Wowza, it's just got a little extra latency. So she sees full screen teleprompter. As it comes up above the phone, she starts to read. Her eyes are right at the lens. Speed was good. Audio was good. Local record was good. We whipped out three takes. I had three clients on the call. They could see it, they could hear it, they can communicate to each other. All of this being done inside the Mimo Live software. Big shout out to them. Love that software. And it was a home run and it could not have gone any better. I even um, asked the client, the contributor after the call, I said, is there any suggestions you have to make the instructions simpler 
or make the setup any easier. She's like, no, it was very straightforward. The instructions were clear. So big thumbs up on my end, successful run, no issues. And uh, this kit now will hopefully start working a lot. That will be all you will hear about my remote connection kit woes. Until the next time, I'm Art Aldridge. Do you have something to say? Drop me an email at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. Or even better, call our new TWIP voice mailbox and leave us a message. 601-564-TWIP. That's 601-564-8947. Also, a reminder that This Week in Production is available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. So please subscribe to get every episode. Lastly, if you like what you hear, would you mind giving me a rating or a review? I'd appreciate that. Okay, that's a wrap on This Week in Production. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.